Namaste. I'm Shubham Agarwal, and welcome to Secrets of Storytellers. It is a podcast where I interview authors and writers from the world of business, literature, and many more. Turn beside the last section where we get to know secrets from the storyteller themselves. My mother has always taught me to never let go of uh, new opportunities that present itself. You know, grab it and give it your best. And golden opportunities often come with the potential to transform lives. But then the question is, how do you never miss an opportunity? How do you never miss to take a stab at such opportunities which present in life? Richard Rothman, in his latest book, The Power of Opportunity, provides with a simple and proven process to identify and choose the golden opportunities based on over three decades of research. A quick intro about Richard: He has served at the U.S. Commercial Service for more than 22 years at American consulate in various countries. He fell in love with India and an Indian, his wife Tabu. and settled in the country and found the very first and the only opportunity consultancy firm in the world called open mind opportunity consultancy so let's learn more about him and his journey in this conversation hi richard welcome to ss uh, how are you hi shubham it's a real pleasure to be with you today thank you pleasure uh, so richard where did you find the opportunity to establish a company about opportunity you know well it's an interesting story in itself actually uh, i was uh, working with the uh, US commercial service for many years and basically we helped companies with business opportunities entering foreign markets and i was always interested in in uh, the concept of opportunity i'd helped so many companies with business opportunities and i had found that so many companies were really struggling to identify what they should do and i right. actually when i was leaving the job i said well i'd like to work for an opportunity consulting firm So I checked online and I found there wasn't a single opportunity consulting firm in the world. So about uh-huh. a week later, I went to visit my good friend Jagdeep Kapoor, who is India's leading branding and marketing consultant. And I right. asked uh, I asked Jagdeep what what is what did he thought I should do? Amazingly enough, the first thing he said was, "Richard, I think you should start the world's first opportunity consulting firm." So given that I was looking for an opportunity like that I thought this was like God speaking to me. So I said okay. <laughs> so he offered to help me with this with this job. So uh, I did. I went and started it. Wonderful. That's that's an interesting story. Mm. So uh, you know if I if I tell someone I'm going to help you identify opportunities for you as an opportunity consultant. Uh, it might sound weird to hear it like that, you know. But Have you seen people missing on opportunities more than people lapping up at them and that is the reason you started it? Yeah, I think it wasn't just uh missing opportunities. I think people were sort of choosing them for the wrong reasons. So, I oh, mean, okay. if you but if you want to stick to that word missing, mm-hmm. well, just think about the the distribution of wealth in the world. We've all heard about the famous 1% that have all the money. Well, what's going on with the other 99%? Why can't they have money? Why can't they have success? The fact is that the average person really isn't grabbing on to big opportunities. And it's really essential okay. for success to actually be able to see, evaluate and choose and pursue a big opportunity. that's what puts you into the 1%. So, people might not be missing opportunities, but they tend to choose very mediocre opportunities because most people pick their opportunities by using a Xerox machine. They see other people doing <laughs> it and they copy them. Right. 
But that's not really the best way to choose opportunities because most people, most other people are not choosing really good opportunities either. If you want right. to choose Actually, the best opportunities, the ones that could be golden opportunities and put you in the 1%, you can't leave it to chance, fate or luck. Right. I agree. In fact, uh, that is what my next question was that, you know, what do you think is the underlying fundamental reason that people choose the wrong opportunities? One is that you said the, you know, coping of uh, choices and coping of opportunities like others, but is there a more fundamental reason to it? Yeah. Why people choose poor opportunities? Yeah, it's a very good reason. It's because they don't have a process for choosing better. Uh, right. If you think about it, Im- imagine, uh, for example, that you uh, inherited 50 crores. Some uncle you never heard of suddenly gave you 50 crores. And you say, wow, I'm rich. Now you would right. go to a wealth manager and say, how can I invest in ec- equities? What is your process for choosing equities? And, he would, and what if he said mm-hmm. to you, you know, it's just a matter of luck. I used to have a bunch of analyst and I realized it's all luck. So I got rid of them all and I hired this monkey and he has a monkey and he puts a blindfold on the monkey and he says, all I do is have this monkey shoot darts at the stocks on the wall every day. And that's as good a process (laughs) as any. Now tell me, would you choose a wealth manager who chose equities that way? Not at all. Of course not. not. But the fact is that over the last seven years, since I started my consulting firm, Open Mind, I've personally asked 300 managing directors who met with me, owners of companies, Mm -hmm. do you have a process, a systematic process for seeing, evaluating, choosing opportunities? And not a single one had a process. So basically, you might as well use a monkey. (laughs) People miss opportunities or they choose the wrong ones because they Mm -hmm. allow luck or fate or sometimes people, you know, say intuition, their gut feeling. But very often, all yeah. that really is the Xerox machine. They see others doing it, mm-hmm. and they copy them. There's a, a phenomenon that human beings have called social proof. Most of all what right. we consider yeah. to be true isn't based on actually checking the evidence. It's based on the fact that others are doing it. And we right. say, oh, all those other, that's why stock markets go up. And that's why stock markets go down. That's also called greed and fear. So that's not the best way of choosing opportunities. Right, right. I love how you take 50 crores as the value and not uh, 5 million or 50 million. (laughs) Uh, I think Indianness has ingrained into you. By now, when I'm in India, I can only think in lakhs and crores. Absolutely. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, Richard, you, you've served at the U.S. consulate for more than 22 years, right? And in Italy, in Indonesia, um, India. And so you've seen different cultures across the world. Is this phenomena of choosing it opportunities or not having a process worldwide? Or is it something which is very local? Well, I would say that it is worldwide. Uh, obviously, uh, the largest companies in the world... Mm-hmm. Uh, do use some process. They don't call it opportunity process. They call it strategy. But uh, frankly, uh, I've, I've, of course, studied all of the processes used by strategy consultants. And I also Uh think there's a lot of problems with those as well. Because they're mainly... Have you heard of the concept of competitive advantage? Yeah. 
Okay. So basically, the, the big business world and the uh, strategy consulting world, which is mainly directed by people, for professors from places like Harvard Business School, they focus right. on this term called competitive advantage. They say the key to success True. is to be better than your competitors. True. Uh, who has the more market share? There's a problem with that attitude. The fact is that your competitors don't really matter that much. Okay, when it comes to opportunities, what really matters is your customers, not your competitors. Mm -hmm. So, for example, do you remember, do you remember uh, the Nokia phone that people used to have that yeah. only made phone calls? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And do you remember the BlackBerry? Yes, okay. very much. How come those companies got wiped out? Nokia got wiped out. BlackBerry got wiped out. They got wiped out because they were considering their competitors, not their customers. What the real key is, is to focus on changes in your environment. Opportunities are created by change in the environment. And the mm -hmm. change that happened in the environment of these mobile phone companies was yeah. bandwidth. So, for example, with right. a 1G phone, you could only do phone calls. With a 2G phone like BlackBerry, you could add email. Correct. With a 3G phone, like the first Apple iPhone, you could put a network computer on the phone and expand utility yeah. for customers by a thousand times. Yet because right. Nokia and BlackBerry were so busy benchmarking themselves against their competitors, rather than yeah. looking at how change in their environment could provide more service for their customers, they didn't get the opportunity. You see, they didn't. Even, they mm -hmm. didn't see the opportunity, which obviously should have. They should have seen, right? True. Yeah. And many companies fall into that trap, including very big companies. So that is why I think opportunity, the opportunity process, is more robust than the typical strategy process that depends on benchmarking your competitors or outdoing your competitors. Because at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Even your competitors can go down in flames along with you. All the competitors right. to BlackBerry also got wiped out, right? Correct. So how does it matter? That's, that's a wonderful example because you're very right. Uh, you know, they, they were busy benchmarking against each other and no one see what's actually happening with the customers. There's oh. myopia. Myopia. Yeah. They weren't looking at the changes in the wider environment that was Correct. providing opportunity. And, and, you know, the great thing is that many people who have absolutely no background at all and no money can see these changes and take advantage of these opportunities. And it's right. happened many times. Right, I'm sure. So, uh, so Richard, you've given a very postulate, a very mathematical angle to the entire thing. And as your book explains, your success is equal to opportunities plus resources plus action. Now, what about the resources? The action is something that, you know, it's, it's an individual's attempt and the effort that has to go in. But there are many who might not have all of these ingredients, right? What's your, what's your view on that? How do you make up for the resources? Okay, to have success, all you really need is a great opportunity. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. And, and not only that, but everyone, and I mean <laughs> everyone, can have success. Everyone can have the type of success that Dhirubhai Ambani had, or Subhash Chandra, right. or Sunil Mittal, or many other, Uday Kotak, any, anyone, mm -hmm. and I mean it, right. can have this success. Right. 
Why is that? Because first of all, the most important element of this formula, when you say success equals opportunities plus resources plus action. Okay, so opportunities are available to everyone. And why is that? There's a simple reason. Because opportunities are all free. Have you ever gone to an opportunity shop, Shubhan? Have you ever visited an opportunity shop? Never. Never. That's I don't think it exists. Never. It doesn't exist. Every yeah. opportunity in the world is free. So when mm-hmm. uh, take the example of uh, Subhash Chandra. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was the founder uh, yeah. of ZTV. True. Yeah. Subhash Chandra came from a small town in Haryana. He did not speak yeah. English. He was not well educated. Mm-hmm. His family was was uh, commodity traders, and they went bankrupt right. when he was growing up. How could a man like that have started satellite TV industry in India? How? Well, there's only there's a simple reason. He saw the opportunity and he took it. Now, how is it that he was able to a- attract resources? He wasn't rich, okay. He didn't have, yeah. imagine how much it costs, how many thousands of crores it might cost to start such an industry. Well, True. the fact is that if you have a great opportunity, a big opportunity, it will attract all the resources you need to scale up. Mm-hmm. You know, I meet, I meet promoters all the time and their biggest yeah. complaints are, oh, I can't attract a good team. I can't attract money. What they're really missing is a great opportunity. I'll give you another mm-hmm. example. Yeah. A few years ago, I was meeting a lot of startups. Uh, I had a client who was investing, looking at investment opportunities in startups. So I met mm-hmm. one kid, he was 20 years old, IIT dropout, who had raised $20 million from the famous US VC firm, Tiger Global. Wow. Now, how is it that a 20-year-old kid with no track record had raised $20 million? I don't think Tiger Global is stupid. Yeah. Why had they given him this money? They gave him the money because money and resources of all types, including talent, people, Mm -hmm. are attracted to big opportunities. If you can't attract resources, it's because the size, potential size of your opportunity is small. Okay? As Prem Watsa, the famous Indian investor who lives in Canada, said, when you have opportunity, money comes. The problem okay. comes in this, in this equation is that people try to attract resources, but they don't have a big opportunity. The third part of, right. the, uh, of this equation is action, right? Yeah. Success equals opportunity plus resources plus action. Now tell me something. If you're pursuing a terrible opportunity, does it really mm-hmm. matter how hard you work? You're going to fail. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Knocking your head against the wall. And that's exactly right. what most people do. Uh-huh. They, they lose their resources. Whatever meager resources they start with, they lose. Yep. And, and, and even if they change, even if they keep pivoting and so on and changing their way of action all the time, if they don't find mm-hmm. a big opportunity, pursue a big opportunity, they will keep losing. So the real right. core of success is the opportunity, which is why it is so absolutely crucial to focus on a process of seeing, evaluating, and choosing opportunities at all times, particularly when you're planning to take action or trying to attract right. resources. 
Right. And and Richard, what is a good metric for assessing, you know, I could be lapping up at opportunities, but I'm not sure if that's a good one or not. How do I make sure that I am attracting or I'm working at the right opportunity if I'm thriving or not? Is it money? Is it something else? What is personally for you? Okay. Well, you know, I have in my book, The Power of Opportunity, a very uh, simple yet I wouldn't say complicated because I feel it's something that everyone in the world can do for themselves. Uh, but I will, uh, let me step you a little through the process of what you need to do to, no. I'll just simplify it. Okay. Sure. Uh, my own process of choosing opportunities called the open mind process has six, six steps, but by far the most mm -hmm. important step is called the opportunity audit. Do you know what an audit is or what it means? An audit yeah. is, meant to be a picture of reality, okay? Opportunities right. arise from change in your environment. Fortunately, we live in a world that is changing so rapidly that it creates True. numerous opportunities, right? Right. So in order to see them, you have mm -hmm. to do an audit. Now, every year you're you do a financial audit if you have a business. And when you do that, yep. you don't just count half your money, do you? You count all your money. Right. So not it as a thorough picture of reality. Your opportunity mm -hmm. environment has four sections. Two of them are okay. internal and two of them are external. The first and most important is your mission. Most right. people, unfortunately, have a mission of service. And when I mean a mission, I mean, what service are you providing? Nobody will pay you for mm -hmm. being needy or greedy, right? Everyone yeah. is needy and greedy, but nobody, unfortunately, will pay you for being needy or greedy, right? So in order, to, in order to, to get paid, you, there's always an exchange of value, correct? So yeah. what, is it the, sir, what is the mission of service you are providing? Okay, if you want to get piles of money, if you want people to buy, you know, to join your team and give you resources, you have to have a mission. Most people don't really take right. it seriously. What is your mission of service? So that is very, that's an important part of your environment. The second part is your model. Okay. What is your business model? Okay. Right. So those are the internal areas of your opportunity environment. The external area is the third one is your market. Who are you serving? Mm -hmm. And the fourth part is called your domain. Now, your domain is everything outside of these first three areas. It's everything outside of your market, yeah. your mission, and your model. It's usually the best source of opportunities. For example, Subhash right. Chandra. Subhash Chandra, what, before he went into the satellite TV business, do you know what he was doing? Something entirely different. He had a business making toothpaste tubes. Is there anything in common okay. with that? Okay. But he noticed right. in the domain, everything outside his own market, he saw this thing going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For example, it's the same thing with Nokia. Nokia is in the mobile phone business, but bandwidth is yeah. in other industry, telecom. Right? Right. Okay. So often source of opportunity or the source of change in the environment that's available is from, yeah. uh, from outside your current market. You might not see it. So when you audit right. your environment, you have to look at all four segments of your environment, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to do it thoroughly. You have right. to do it thoroughly. And when you do this audit and you do it simply, for instance, if you have a business, you can talk to your customers, your customers' customers. Most people, amazingly enough, never talk to their customers. It's amazing, but yeah. true. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you talk to your employees, your management, you talk to people outside, your suppliers. I mean, there are a lot of people most businessmen know who they can talk to to get an idea of opportunities. And when you do that, what right. you do is create an inventory of your opportunities. These are inventory of opportunities that fall in all four quadrants of your environment. These are opportunities uh -huh. that you're pursuing now or thinking of pursuing, opportunities you pursued in the past right. or maybe failed at. And you'll, when you do this right. audit, you'll find new opportunities you never considered before because people will tell them to you. And mm -hmm. then also you have to identify what's called opportunities. These are things that are not okay. opportunities, okay? Typically, the average oh, okay. business is spending a majority of their time pursuing opportunities. These are things that oh, can okay. never give good value to your customers, that will never give you a fair exchange of value so you become rich. They waste resources. Mm -hmm. They turn people off. So you should stop doing these things. But how can you stop? <laughs> right. Unless, see, most right. people, what they're doing, yeah. most people in business are, in, are, are bailing out the boat most of the time. Uh, okay, yeah. they're engaged in an endless struggle of solving little problems and bailing out the lifeboat instead of looking right. at, you know what I mean? So when you do yeah. that, you create this inventory of opportunities. And that means you have something you can choose from. You see, the thing is, imagine you have a whole basket of eggs. And there's one yeah. egg. One egg in that basket could be your golden egg. Right? Yeah. The problem is that the golden egg, the golden opportunity is not colored gold on the outside. It's gold on the inside. Okay? True. So after you have your basket of, opportun of opportunities, you have to evaluate them. Right. So first I create a big inventory. Then, mm -hmm. after I, I filter through the key drivers of change in the environment, there are always key drivers of change. For example, for Nokia, the key driver of change was bandwidth. They didn't notice it. They didn't say, okay, right. bandwidth is going to 3G. That will allow me to give my customers a thousand times more service by adding a computer to the phone. They didn't see that. Right. Okay. So the next, we evaluate all opportunities through nine value filters. There are nine components of value that you can provide mm -hmm. both to yourself and to others. And the most important one is service, useful service. And right. finally, I evaluate all opportunities through four alignment filters. All four sections mm -hmm. of your environment must work together in order to implement an opportunity. Just imagine the way an iPhone looks when it's in a box, how perfect. This is a product that is perfectly aligned, okay? Every part mm -hmm. of its environment, it's perfectly in line with its environment. There is no friction, okay? No friction. Yeah. So that is the process I go to. And now, obviously, in a podcast, it's, nobody is going to learn this process. But fortunately, it's explained no, in great detail in my book, The Power of Opportunity. Yeah. And I think it's explained very simply. Everyone can understand it. It's not hard. Yeah. I get a good sense of uh, you know what the entire process is, and definitely one who is really keen, I'm sure, would go and check out the book. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, Richard, one last advice that you would give to all our listeners that uh, you know they could do probably different from say after listening to us, and uh, that could help them at uh, you know how they look at opportunity, how they can transform their lives. Uh, what would be that one advice? Well, obviously, I'm going to make a shameless pitch to read my book. That's that's the one opportunity everyone should take. But in a more serious a note, one. on a more serious yeah. note, I think people need to remember 
that money is not a cause, it's a result, okay? If, you're, if the cricket team bats and wins the game, they didn't have three, 300 runs because they wanted 300 runs. Nobody gets yeah. rich because yeah. they're needy or greedy. So profits and wealth is a score. It's not a cause, okay? Everyone wants right. money, yeah. but money is given to you because you have pursued an opportunity to provide useful service for others, okay? Well, and they have paid you for it. That is why right. you become rich. This is the only reason. So right. money is the, the score, money is the result, but opportunities are the cause. Opportunities are what you can right. take, what absolutely anyone can take because they're free in order to get money. But an opportunity Wonderful. isn't an opportunity to rob you. It's not like finding 100 rupees on the road and say, oh boy, I got 100 rupees. <laughs> An opportunity right. always involves providing a very high level of useful service for others. People, unfortunately, have the what's in it for me mentality, Yeah, which is fine. We're yeah. all selfish, okay? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. You can't avoid being selfish, but you must right. focus on the other guy. That is the key, okay? And that is the key Great. to being successful at opportunity. I call it the opportunity Great. mindset, and uh, it also helps to be very open-minded and irreverent. All these, believe me, how you, how you should think for opportunity is described quite uh, thoroughly in my book. Yep. One last thing. Do not rely on fate. Often Indians are quite fatalistic. It doesn't yep. really help. Okay? Don't, right, don't, I agree. don't wait for God to reward you. <laughs> Uh, don't don't right. uh, think that uh, the puja is going to really help that much or going to the temple and giving money to, you know what I mean? <laughs> All of these things, I, yeah. you know, the astrologer isn't going to make you rich. Uh, all of these kind of right. things that uh, typically I see in India don't really work. Okay, you mm -hmm. have to take charge of this process yourself. You have to be in charge of your own opportunity process. You can't wait around for, to get rewarded for, for begging. That doesn't really work. Yeah, right. I agree. And that's, that's a wonderful piece of advice. Thank you, Richard. Don't, don't be superstitious or fatalistic. Have an opportunity mindset. Right. You have, to, you, have to be, you have to lead your own life. Be in charge of yourself. Right, right, right. Uh, great. So, Richard, uh, this brings us to the last section of the podcast. And uh, this is the section which is a personal favorite. Uh, and it is common across all the episodes and the guests that I uh, have on my show. So as you know, we call the show Secrets of Storytellers. So here is where I ask you one secret about the book or about your journey throughout the book, uh, which probably no one knows to this day. So what would you like to share with us today? One secret about this book? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell, you, uh, I'll tell you something an author will never tell you. Sure. When I started writing this book, of course, I gave a proposal to Penguin, which included whatever number of chapters are in the book with the names of the chapters. Right. And at least half of some of those chapters, at least half of them, perhaps, 
I had no clue what I was going to write about. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. That's so, right. So I don't know if any other author tells you that. I mean, if you're no writing, has. look, if you're writing fiction, that's a perfectly normal thing to say. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I, I'm not writing yeah. fiction. Okay. The fact is that writing a book, especially a nonfiction mm-hmm. book, is a marvelous way of getting your thoughts together. I recommend it to anyone. It, it was it was like giving birth. It's not pleasant. It was hell, really. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, But it's a great way to crystallize your thinking. And I I don't recommend the experience as an enjoyable one. (laughs) But but anyone who wants to, if you want to create a... I mean, this was a process I was using, but I had never really had to explain it to others. (laughs) Sometimes I was was like, I'm I'm planning to write a chapter about that. I have no clue. What to put in? Oh, great. <laughs> but by focusing, yeah. you do you do find the answers. That's that's a wonderful secret. Uh, I hope Penguin does not listen to this. <laughs> All they care about is whether the book sells. They don't care how I wrote it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> they don't even right, care if right. I wrote it, frankly. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Lovely. So uh, thank you so much, Richard, for sharing that uh, secret with us. And I'm sure the listeners are going to love it. I hope the session was enjoyable for you. It was lovely for us. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Great questions. Terrific. Wonderful thank you, job. Thank you. Uh, this is a real service thank you you're so much, giving Chikil. to your listeners, by the way. A real service. Thank you so much for that. It really means a lot. And thank you to all the listeners. This is Shubham signing off. <laughs>